0: The idea that balance and accuracy cannot exist hand in hand is offensive to me.
1: Pessimism, think of a stormy sea and you're swimming on the surface trying to keep your head above water. Yeah. Well, you're not always going to be there. Sometimes a wave's going to come over and wash over you. And yeah. that's you dive into nihilism before you surface back up.
0: That's me saying that I don't feel like people are equipped to handle the pain of the entire world. The office is better than Parks and Rec. No challenge. Like I don't. I'm not even willing to hear it. Like no fucking on, no fucking challenge. You the office go. is better than Parks and Rec. It's nonsense. Thank you for joining us. Salt the Streets pre-show episode sixty fucking six. Whoop whoop. Out here. It's fucking Saturday. It's ten twenty one in the morning. Thank you again for joining us. My name is Donovan. I'm Colin, and we are live on the Facebook on live streams. It's banging out here today. Thank you again for the one last time for joining us. We are, again, live on Facebook. You can find this later on our YouTube at Salt of the Streets. We have uh, our other social medias, Salt of the Streets on Instagram, uh, our personal Salt of the... F- God damn it. Our you personal got this. social media. I'm at alpaca underscore don on Instagram and Salt of the Street on Twitter. He's at Big Bird Offie on both those things. You can find all of this on saltofthestreets.com. We're going to revitalize that shit. It's about to be sick nasty.
1: Sick nasty. So... I'm like playing with levels down here just you don't mind. You good, bro? Me. Do whatever you're
0: doing. You're that you're the engineer out here. We're just I'm getting this fucking I forgot when up, I was
1: so re- that recording my little uh extra edition thing that I sent you earlier this week. Yeah. I just I plugged the mic in and I kept getting like background feed from your mic so I turned yours all the way uh, down and didn't realize it until just now.
0: No, you're good. We're out here. So oh. So, we're out here. This week we are going to talk we're going to talk about a couple of things, right? It's going to be a uh, like a, a broad show um, centered around a couple of things. So, obviously, we're going to talk about the shootings that happened last week in El Paso and Dayton. Um, we're going to talk probably a little bit about the garlic shooting, you know, the garlic mm-hmm. press shooting, like wrapped into all of that. We're going to talk a lot about the political fallout coming behind that. Um, <clears throat> so, that's going to end up in a, a general kind of discussion about different – Tendencies and ideologies in America and how, you know, just kind of how we're getting here. And I don't, I don't know that either of us have any solutions as to get out of it, but, um, just kind of, you know, we'll, we'll get into that later. So, um, I think that a really great kind of window into that is a quote that we picked up from our friends at Pod Save America just <sighs> while I was on my way here, uh, which I feel portrays the, I'm not sure why this is happening, right? But it portrays the lack of interest in any type of objectivity in, in most areas in media, right? And so what was this quote that I called you about right on the way here? Balance is favored over accuracy. So the problem I had with this, right, is that just the idea that balance is favored over accuracy puts forth the idea That to be balanced and accurate is like it's something that you can't do, which I think we're proving every week is false, right? (laughs) I was asked two weeks ago by my wife and then earlier this week by Spencer, right? Spencer, he stands across from me now where he used to stand. So we find ourselves in conversations now. Not anywhere near as good or as exhilarating as the ones that you're not going into. do. Oh, I appreciate that. But they are conversations. Most, cause he doesn't, it's mostly me explaining shit, you know, it's like, what? And that's not to shit on Spencer. It's just he's asking a, a question about something political. He's like, I don't know about this. But I'm like, oh, well, let me tell you. So, yeah. So we're kind of well versed in most of that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he asked me after we had this conversation, um, about, I said, is there anybody who's doing something like similar to what you guys are doing? And I sat there for a second because, like I said, Jordan asked me this like two weeks ago, right? She said, do you think there's anyone who's doing – you know, there's people like Ben Shapiro whenever whatever. They're doing daily shows that are like trying to be whatever. But Ben Shapiro is very obviously conservative, you know? Yes. and And most of those shows that happen on a daily basis lean some type of way, right? And so, I told them both, no. I don't feel – of all the podcasts that I listen to, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel that any of those things – are equivalent to what we're doing in the way that we are first forward with factual information and on the back end is our opinion, right? Our opinion comes when we discuss what's going on around it because that's going to happen as we discuss it. Yes. But always up front is the information, is the facts behind what's going on. And in the middle, we're saying, well, you know, this happened, but that's not true. We already know because of this. And then Uh we continue on with the story, right? But that's not – that's not unobjective that's that's something to to help clarify something that may or may not be true right that people are saying cuz president trump lies all the time so all the time when Constantly. we're talking about things that he's saying we'll say he said this but we know this isn't true because we talked about two weeks ago this right so and and I told Spencer I think that bodes well for us if we can continue on with what we're doing fucking stay strong and keep going that bodes well for us oh, because yeah. we're the only ones like i said as far as i know that are facts first, opinion back, right? Like, that's that's what we're doing, you know, mm-hmm. is whether... Well, that, and like, we
1: try to use those facts to formulate our opinions too. Right. You know, we don't try to take an opinion based on just a, a static ideology, you know, the right. the traditional values of whatever ideology, you know, and we could shift wherever the fucking facts lead us. Yeah. And we kind of generally do that most of the time. And, yeah, I, I can't think... Out of all the podcasts that we listen to, I can't find another, I mean, the closest version in my mind, and it's just, and I think we talked about this before, just the general format is relatively similar to ours, and that's the Save America guys, where it's just a few guys sitting yeah. down in a very conversational way, but... Format Other wise, than that, yes, yeah, uh, format
0: wise, but, not content wise, yeah, because I mean, as we were just talking about, you know, the so the the idea, and I don't want to be extra, you know, sensitive, whatever the fuck, but the idea that. Balance and accuracy cannot exist hand in hand is offensive to me as someone yeah. who is slowly becoming a member of the media or at least political punditry, right? That's what we're doing here. You know, it's, it's more political commentary than actual like journalism. We're not mm-hmm. reporting on anything except if something happens while we're recording the show, yep. you know? Not yet, so, anyways. Right. So right now, I mean, it's, it's, we're, you know, we're political commentarians and I, and I said it, it's offensive to me. The idea that a journalist, especially, could not be balanced and accurate at the same time because they were talking about the New York Times. Yeah. They're talking about the New York Times, you know, they're may, they're way more focused on being balanced than being accurate. And this is so, all derived
1: from the headline that the New York Times posted last week or earlier this week about the uh, you know, the headline about the the gun shooting and stuff in El Paso. Yes. And this is all, you know, because the shooting took place over the weekend and we're going to talk about that during the regular show, but there there was some serious Issues with the headline, the front page headline of the New York Times, and it started with Trump urges unity versus racism, and then everybody fucking blew up because it was right. based off the speech he gave and all this stuff. And then after pressure and stuff, they they changed it to assailing hate but not guns. And this is what s- that conversation stemmed off of. It's yeah. Got them talking about that that balanced and accurate
0: balance and. And I feel having listened and having listened and watched his, his comments, Trump urges unity versus racism is a much more accurate headline for what happened there, right? Yeah. And I got frustrated right afterwards because fucking two seconds, you know, after it ends, there's three articles that come out from the New York Times and whatever the fuck that's like, you know, President Trump disavows white supremacy, but doesn't announce any major legislation. Yep. Well, it's been about five fucking seconds, right? Not to mention no one in Congress is actually in the Capitol, right? So not in session. (laughs) So the fact that he didn't come forward with some type of huge sweeping legislation about guns is probably a good idea, right? If you're talking from a strictly political standpoint, anything that's going to be put up right now is not going to be passed. It's going to die on the floor, Mm -hmm. no matter what the fuck it is, right? It it doesn't matter. It's not – with no conversation, no discussion, anything – Anything introduced to the floor will die there, right? And then, oh, President Trump's bill wasn't good enough because it died on the floor; it couldn't even fucking get anywhere, right? Fucking goddamn, dude! It's it's so well, not to
1: even mention. It's not the fucking executive's job to legislate. To create
0: legislation, no, right?
1: Like he, that's- he he could be putting forth an agenda for the legislature to to take on and follow. Which
0: I feel in part he did,
1: right? He did, and he's already been in talks with McConnell. As soon as they come back from recess, they will be bringing something to the floor of the Senate. uh, Something along the lines of the, essentially, the gun control, I don't know what you want to call it, just legislation that they passed in the House recently. Uh, which addresses the universal background checks and right. red flag laws, which you know we're going to get on into all those in the in the regular show because I have some, I got some thoughts on on that. Yeah, S- some some no, stuff sure, that we need to I'm work sure. out
0: later. No, I'm sure that that'll be into. That's part of what yeah. we're here for.
1: Um, look at that a natural preview of the topics to come during the pre-show. That yeah. was beautiful. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> um, so, like I said, the. Not only is it offensive, but I want everyone to know that it's untrue, right? It's not true that you can't have even journalism that is balanced and true because, as you know, if you've been listening to this show for any type of extended period of time, the truth is always somewhere in the middle, right? It doesn't ever lie with either one of these two extremes on either side. The truth is always somewhere in the middle, right? Because, as we've shown you, you have to read everything from Nazis to Socialism. To find out the truth, right? That's you have to read everything to see what's being talked about on every side to truly understand what's actually going on.
1: Yeah, uh, everything from the Washington Examiner and New York Post to Vox and Slate and everything yeah. in between. You know, this is fuck when we stumbled upon that uh, that article. Uh, what was that from the from the, the Guardian? Guardian. Yeah. This week. Thank you, uh, Eric Weinstein, for that one, by the way. Yeah, that was a good article. It was, um, it was weirdly good. It was very, very strange.
0: And I – so the article that we're talking about had to do with um, masculinity and the way that it's being portrayed as toxic masculinity and how this may factor into mass shootings, uh, which is something that we definitely will be getting into later because uh, that's something I feel is a – I feel very strongly is a part of the problem that we're experiencing right now. Um, so that is something that we'll get into later. Just the way that, that young men are being taught to deal with the things that are naturally inside of them. Right. Um, or
1: not taught to deal, you know, right. That's, that's part of the
0: conversation. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's definitely something that we'll be getting into. um, we're going to talk a little bit about the immigration raids that happened mm-hmm. in Mississippi uh, over the last week. Um, and we'll be getting into – not not too deeply. We'll kind of go over that first because that will be a much smaller topic. So, we'll yeah. get into that and then we'll talk about these guns. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some sports. Uh, we had the fucking – the preseason games that happened this week. Did you need to watch on the Hawks preseason no. game on Thursday? No. no, that's all right. I um, tried. I knew they were around. yeah. yeah. Um, I watched uh the end of the first quarter through the end of the third quarter, um and then fell asleep on the couch. So I did not watch the rest of riveting, but well it just started at seven o'clock, you know. So it's oh, yeah, close it's to nine. Yeah, I'm just an old man. <laughs> and I think that that particular day I had been up since two. Um it just Dax was having oh, a good yeah. time that day. So I I was uh,
1: like, wait, why were so, you up at two? Yeah, oh wait, so, your dad. Yeah, that's so <laughs> we
0: so not just me, Jordan and I had both been up since two, kind of taking turns. So I think that I was particularly tired that day. Yeah. And that's why one of the reasons I fell asleep. Um but it was good. I saw some shit I liked. You know, I, I like that uh Geno Smith is a fucking terrible quarterback, so I hope that he doesn't exist on our team come <laughs> season time, because that was terrible. <laughs> See our like our first first string backup. He started the game um, this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like if Russ was to get
1: get down for whatever reason was out for a few started games today.
0: I think that that's how it's set up. I haven't looked at the actual um, what the fuck do they call that.
1: Not a roster. A lot of these guys are still trying to make the team, right? Yeah, At yeah, that's point. yeah,
0: that's a preseason of four. They they have to cut down the roster this next week. I don't remember exactly a They have to cut like twenty people, I think, over the next week. And they cut like another fifteen or something like that. And then after the third game or after the fourth game, you gotta have your cut down to your fifty-three. So fifty-three. Yeah. It's just it's so many,
1: but it's still so few. Yeah, you know exactly.
0: I mean? Yeah. It, it's a very fine balance that you have to walk between like positions you think may or may not last all season, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: Um, So, So let me ask you just some real quick football trivia questions. Yeah. Uh, Offensive line, standard offensive line, how many players – or on the field for for one specific team, I guess.
0: Just the offensive line, there's five. There's two tackles, two yep. guards, and then a center. Okay. But there's always a tight end, you know, that's on the field, and he'll, he'll line up with the offensive line, whether or not he stays there to block or moves out to something else. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of teams that run two and three tight end sets so that you have a, a huge offensive line. you got eight dudes on your offensive line, you know. Two wide receivers and then maybe one running back back there. You have more options. than you have tight ends that are going to fucking, you know, they'll run out. They're going to do whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so how many people on
1: on the field at one time? 11. Is it 11? 11 on, on the field at one time.
0: And that's why that's why the Seattle Van Base was called the 12th man. hmm you know That's 12th right. The man on the field. It's such oh, a
1: big duh. What a jackass. Man. You know what I'm saying? I walked right into that one. That's all right. That's and all right. And it's the same. It's 11-11. Yep, offense, yeah. defense. 11, 11, so, yeah. so you got twenty-two people. Morning, mom. Plus special teams, and special teams. There's some people that play on in the offense and defense. Usually, they kind of mix it yeah, up. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: Especially on like uh, like kick returns and shit like that. There's going to be mm-hmm. some people that are like some linebackers and shit like that
1: that are going to play. Because so just running with bodies. those numbers, like. There's not a
0: whole lot of wiggle room, right? Right, because you're, wow. you're gonna you're gonna want to have at least one person to back up every position, you know. Yeah. So you're at 44 right there, and then you're you know for wide receivers you're gonna want to have like six probably on your mm-hmm. team because if you're gonna you're gonna oh, run yeah. some sets we are gonna have just the five offensive linemen you're gonna maybe run some fucking three wideouts you know what I'm saying so that's five six seven eight right there nine with a quarterback maybe four. Fucking wide receivers, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Then so all these different play
1: types, you're going to need more of one position than the other, exactly, and vice
0: versa. Exactly.
1: So that 53 spot's got to be real, real tight, tough towards the end yeah. there. That makes a lot of so sense, especially
0: when you're talking about the Seahawks. We've got at least. I've just last never really year. crunched those
1: numbers um, before and thought yeah, about it.
0: Last year we had like four or five running backs. You know, we had Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, Mike Davis, J.D. McKissick, uh, fucking C.J. Procyse. And then I think we had like another dude. So that's like just five running backs, you know. And that's because two of them were hurt most of the season. Another one's a rookie that you just got in the first round. So he's got to be there, you know. Yeah. Mike Davis was like a third down catching running back. Chris Carson was the fucking – was running most of the time. So – Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you had Doug Baldwin who's hurt most of the season. So you're going to have to call up another wide receiver to be there. So, yeah, it's it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's now, Is that when, when they put somebody on like inactive
1: reserve, does that mean it kind of frees them up a spot to be able to put yeah, yeah. bring someone in new? Yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah, it's, there's certain designations. kind of similar to fantasy that, yeah, at that point. Yeah, there's certain designations that will allow you to temporarily have someone, you know, and that's kind of why you have like you have people signed to the practice squad, you know, they're easier to kind of call up and stuff like that. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Sometimes no, I need uh, that that
1: base level knowledge built up a yeah, little bit more. Yeah, no, that's all right.
0: That's all right. No, it's a good deal. Um, it's it's a complicated game. You know, it's a complicated game. Jordan. A lot of moving parts. Um, yeah, I had an old boyfriend that also was really into football. Him and I we went to school. He did not like me mm-hmm. at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's really weird to think why that would be the case now that we're married. Um, but I don't know. He, um and so he was really into football and they would watch football the other And she hated it because he would never like explain anything. You know, it was like, no, like, I'm watching blah, 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 blah. And when we got together, I wouldn't imagine why I wouldn't explain it to her because if she doesn't understand it, she's going to be sitting here watching it with me for an entire Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Then for the rest of un- your guys' you lives, understand what we're getting into, you know? <laughs> and no. now she plays fantasy and stuff like that. She's like really into it. So oh, yeah. it's, I think it's, it just takes time you know well then there's something about the the
1: fantasy aspect of it that gets attracts you more, into more people. Yeah. Gets you yeah. way
0: more into it because yeah. it, it it makes you have interest in almost every game. You know, especially if you're in like two different fantasy leagues, you have different people in all your teams, you know? Oh, yeah. That's, you have interest in almost every game that you could watch. So even if it's not your local team or you don't give a shit about your local team, you know? Yep. You can go to a fucking sports bar and have eight different TVs in front of you and you're like, this is the tits. I'm like, this is the way to... We're going
1: to have to have some Wob hangouts pretty soon. Yeah. They got oh, a yeah. lot of TVs in there.
0: Fuck yeah. And the Wab does they do brunch where for i think it's like 25 bucks you get breakfast and unlimited mimosas yeah or like beer moses
1: they offered that to us i think it was available on uh <laughs> on my birthday when we went yeah that's right yep. but f- fucking they pulled the kush bro they pulled that pineapple Kush. <laughs>
0: they pulled is, the Kush, bro. I was they so sad
1: about that. Yeah, oh. that was a good beer. That was a really good. Oh, beer. dude, it was a fucking great beer. And the yeah. fact that it was on nitro versus the normal CO2. Yes, dude, it was just the. It was like the single greatest IPA I've ever had in my entire life. It tastes and now a little, little bit gone. different.
0: Yeah, it tastes a little bit different. I like it. Um, before we move on, because I can't move a gun this far without even talking about. It, I need you to tell us what you ate this Some week. Some mighty pancakes. Oh, some man cakes?
1: <laughs> no, uh there's this stuff. It's a pancake mix called Kodiak Jacks, I think. Uh-huh. Um and then they have these ones called Power Cakes and they're just a a protein rich thing like that and I was like Carolina bought that at Costco yesterday and brought it home and I was like that's what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow. Make two of those bad boys with a couple pieces of bacon and I am I'm rolling right <clears throat> now. Dude. I feel like if Feeling you pushed good? me over I'd be a fucking bowling ball. Hey everyone, I really hope you're loving this week's episode of Salt the Streets podcast. Well, did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a really good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to various charities. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android and I have a special code just for you. Simply use our code, SALTPOD, that's S-A-L-T-P-O-D, SALTPOD and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of on there, you can get what I like to get at Starbucks, a nice grande nitro cold brew purely on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast right now or virtually any other podcast right now on PodCoin And make sure to sign up with our code, SALTPOD, S-A-L-T-P-O-D, SALTPOD. I swear, it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. And now, back to the show.
0: It's really good. I just finished those three scoops of aminos. Let's get one of these fucking magic beers cracking. Let's do We're going to do something. That we saw on the internet. Yeah, we saw it on the internet um, where you take a super fuzz and a space dust and you mix them. And it was called like a super dust or some shit like that. Uh, and it looked delicious, and we love both of these beers, so shout out Elysian. Mm. We're going to give this a shot. Boom. We'll tag you guys. Elysian, yep. Space Dust,
1: super and fuzz. the Super Fuzz. Yeah, so. Super Fuzz being a uh, a blood orange ale, yeah. pale ale, I think, technically, and then uh, space, space Dust, dust is, a, is a, just a... Good old-fashioned fucking IPA.
0: It's a strong old IPA, so it's at 8.2%. Hot dog. Uh, yep. And so, do you want to crack that for me? Crack Thank you. And I'll pour us a happy in both of these. So, while we're doing some... We're doing this take a little... I mean, because we want to do it and to take a little happy break. So, while we're doing this... Because it's been a... Oh, oh, no oh. It's been a tough... I'm eat, spilling. You're um, spilling. <laughs> um, there. Obviously, it's been hard with all these shooting those people that were killed. Um, so, we... Heard about something through my mom. Thank you, mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we are going to share with you guys. And it was a challenge from a young man in El Paso. Um, I don't remember his name. If you want to pull that up on your phone or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs>
1: my phone. Oh, up there. <laughs>
0: um,
1: <clears throat> we can link man. it in the in the show notes yeah, too. Yeah.
0: Um, who asked everyone in his community and in the United States to do 22... Acts of kindness for people in your community and people around you that you care about in honor of the 22 people that lost their lives in the shooting in El Paso, uh, which I thought was was really nice, you know. And I like seeing shit like that from children especially because on the whole, right, because some children are influenced especially by their parents, but on the whole, children... Don't come forward with things like this out of political bias or to trying to shift people in one particular direction. You know, he's not coming out, do 22 nice things in honor of, of gun violence and, and gun legislation. And, you know, we want guns out of our community. It's, it's that he wants to do 22 nice things for people in his community to honor the people that can no longer do those things. Right. And, and it's things like this, like I said, I appreciate because it's not a political spin. And yeah. It's, it's because the innocence of youth. It's because children see the world in a way that you lose when you're jaded by the terrible things that are exposed to you by the media, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I talked to Tyler about this earlier this week that like, I, I, we talked to Morgan and Jake about it too, that I've Dunbar's number is something that I, I feel very strongly about, right? And we talked about it before that Dunbar's number is a, uh, Cheers to 22 Good Deeds. God damn. That's really good. Oh my God. That is so <sighs> fucking good. That is stupid good. That is so
1: fucking good. All right. Whoa. Elysian Super Fuzz and Elysian Space Fest wow. IPA.
0: Oh my God, that's 50-50 good. mix. That's about... That's my favorite beer. That this rivals is my favorite the beer. Pineapple
1: Kush. If this If this shit was on Nitro, I'd be there. Mm. Wow. Oh <sighs> my God. Lord.
0: Okay, so... What would I just say? I was that mind that is blown me out of here fuck,
1: wow uh, <clears throat> so we're talking uh 22 media yep media
0: bias Dunbar's number okay, Dunbar's number. So, Dunbar's number which we've referenced. Multiple times. Numerous times, right? So but Dunbar's this is, number, for
1: me, this is the uh how many people you can keep in your mind and all yes, this. Yeah, okay. so
0: Dunbar's number is like 150. And it is representative of the amount of people that you can have in your life and continue to hold a consistent relationship with before it takes away from the other relationships that you're building, right? And I don't – it's not me saying that I think you should only know 150 people, right? That's me saying that I don't feel like people are equipped to handle – the pain of the entire world. No. And that's not to say that you should ignore the things that are happening in the world. You should absolutely be able to read and know about those things, right? But to have daily exposure through social media, I don't feel is healthy. If that's what your life goal is, if that's what you're doing, right? If your thing is ending child hunger in Africa or like dealing with civil war and shit in the Congo. Like if that's what your deal is, then obviously that's what you should be focused on every day, you know? And again, I'm not saying it's, something mean, you should ignore, but I don't feel the human brain is equipped to handle all of that at one time. Hey, show pup, the tale of doom. Hi pretty. Um, and <clears throat>
1: <laughs> well, I think that's a really important point you're making now. Chloe, come
0: here. Yeah. Come here. Come on, girlfriend. Um, where I think that leads to a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression that we are seeing on the rise and especially young people that are so adept in social media and things they're seeing every day. You know that it's – you're just – I don't think you're made for things like that. No. You know?
1: No, you're not. I, I mean some people I think are are built to handle yes. it and it's, yeah. you know, people that find this stuff whole. interesting right. like me and you, you know, we can, we can be immersed in it basically 24-7 because we basically are and we're fine we we find this stuff interesting but i don't think i don't think the vast majority of people are mentally capable of handling all this toxic crap right and then have to have it be forced on pretty much everybody through social media for one and then if you per, if you listen to any of the mainstream media networks you know what i mean and everything from fox news to you know msnbc and abc whatever all those things like you can't turn on one of those channels for the most part unless they're running some crappy sitcom or cop drama without getting a a never-ending dose of the political garbage that's going on yeah and it's most people don't want that for one And you just can't really escape it anymore.
0: That's not good for I mean,
1: you can escape it. You just, you have to kind of close yourself off from a lot of things. And I think that speaks volumes to where we're at in our society today. Whether that's, whether you want to look at it on a mental health point or, you know, whatever angle you choose to view it as, it's a serious problem. I think it's, I think it's a deeply societal problem. And it's not just the news and politics. It's more than that. It's a lot of this, just this hateful, spiteful bullshit. Yeah, what's going on over there? You look uh, like you got something to say.
0: Jordan says that it, it makes us both pessimists. Like it definitely makes us both pessimists. That our our ability to take in all of this mm-hmm. and not be deeply affected by it affects us in the way that. We are more pessimistic than the average person because. Well, I've, I've been a
1: pessimist my whole life, first I'm, of all. you've been this way your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that that speaks to both
0: of us. <laughs> well, I
1: see. And then I don't. <laughs> Carolina would probably 100% agree with you, Jordan. Yeah. Um,
0: pessimistic without being nihilistic, right? Yes. and Because the there is there, a difference. Yeah. The difference, pessimistic is seeing more of a negative outcome. You just, just that the negative outcome is, is more likely than a positive one. But to be a nihilist is to believe that there's no hope in anything that you're doing at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing matters. It just, it doesn't change anything. And that's a lot of these people who commit these mass shooting are nihilists. They come from a place where none of this matters anyway. So I'm just going to take mm-hmm. as many people with me as I can, you know? Um,
1: oh yeah. Deeply, and- deeply ensconced in nihilism and just lost in a sea of despair. And there's, you know, without looking hard, it can be, it can be very difficult to find a direction or a path that doesn't lead to more despair. Yeah. On pretty much an endless level, you know, endless levels of society. Yeah. Whether it's your work, your home life, your entertainment, or pretty much anything. I mean, it's 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 becoming a more and more difficult job to not be surrounded by despair every day. Yeah. And to not be en- engrossed and encompassed within that despair. Right. Right. And it traps people.
0: Yeah. And, it, and, and I, it it just becomes a a disease. And I would be lying, and Jordan would know it. If if I didn't say every once in a while, a good a good committed pessimist dips down into nihilism every once in a while. You it's, know, you, yeah, it's impossible. Have, not have to. You have a day every once in a while where you're like, this just doesn't even fucking matter, you know? Yep. So this is a really good. So let me get personal for a minute, right? Do it. So a couple of months ago, I was talking to Jordan about I don't remember what this stemmed from right but it was probably a conversation I had with somebody where we just weren't on the same page but I felt like I was like making so much sense you know like I like this is such a basic thing like I don't even understand why this is so it probably happened at work to be honest right so <laughs> so I probably had this discussion at work and then was home and talking to Jordan and and you know, none of this is meant to like to my own horn or anything like that or like sound fucking like braggadocious um, but right <laughs> um no 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 it's not even that but when I just was talking to Jordan and we're talking about just Kind of what you and I are talking about, the ability to identify these things and like see the wrong in it, see the injustice, you know what I'm saying? And see uh-huh. that shit. And, and I was telling her, I said, it just, this doesn't feel worth it. You know, this doesn't always feel worth it. You know, that like to know that this is, this is the, what I called the X factor, the whatever, right? This thing that people have that make it far, you know, especially people in, in politics and things like that. Do you see something that bothers you to your core that you use as fuel to, to, to move your life to change that thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's our thing is, is injustice in the way of misinformation of people not really knowing what's going on of lies and mis like and and not truths, right? So mm-hmm. so not just fucking stupid, but fucking doublespeak. Um, and so I just was telling him like it, this, it just doesn't feel worth it, you know, if, if it comes at the cost of feeling so shitty. So, you know, so often because people just don't give a fuck or they don't understand, like this just doesn't feel worth it, you know? And I said to her, I said, it concerns me for our son, right? Because I'm scared that if he has the same thing that I have, right? And I've not done something, right? If I end up being, for lack of a better term, being average, right? If we don't achieve this goal of like changing people like we intend, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what does he learn from that? Like, he learns that continuing to follow what's driving you with this X factor gets you nowhere. It gets you a job where, like, your family is happy and you're fine, but you didn't change that thing. You were defeated, you know? So, that scares me because I don't want him to be deterred by that, Uh you know? I don't want him to be deterred to follow that X factor if I don't do something, you know? Like, I don't want to be an astronaut, but, like, I feel like I have to do something great for him to know that it's worth it, you know? And, like, that's – I don't – that's – I don't want that to sound shitty. That's like, I'm meant for something fucking great. You know, like, that's not what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, no, just for, for, for sake of my own kid, you know, if this is how, if he feels the same way that I do going through the school, seeing shit that doesn't make sense, you're speaking out. Other people don't give a fuck. You know, they're like, Oh, it isn't. I'm just going to move on. It doesn't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the fuck the plane thing, right? When we, when we, when we flew and we had that terrible experience and mm-hmm. I was telling people work about it and like, Oh, well, you got to fly, you know, it just doesn't matter. Like, that's how flying is. Like, Oh, isn't it shitty? And I'm like, I don't understand why you're okay with being subjected to that. Like, why are, why are more people not at a point where you're like, no, fuck that. I'm a person and I'm not going to be treated like shit just because you're a company that puts me in the air, you know, on a small scale. Like, I, I feel in a way that if more people were upset about it and spoke openly and wrote fucking letters like I did, that shit wouldn't happen anymore because they would know that people aren't going to accept it. But the bro- – the so many people are like, oh, that's just what you got to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like, well, I'm not – I'm just not going to fly because I'm not going to be subjected to that, you know. And it's like, but what is that – what does that gain me? You know, I got – it takes me twice as long to get somewhere now because I'm not going to fly because I'm like, that's not right. You know, I'm going to take part of it. Or you're just stuck. You know yeah. what I'm Cause saying? Because so, you can't – sometimes there's no other choice but to fly. You know, and – I would I would hate for him to grow up and feel the same way and be mm-hmm. like, but what did it get my dad? You know, he fucking drives everywhere because he doesn't want to fucking fly because he bitches about, he treated like shit by the airline, he fucking spends half of his time reading news because he doesn't trust anything that one particular source says, you know? He fucking goes off on people every six months because he's so frustrated and no one listens to what's going on around them. It's like, he's just an angry old man. Like, why would I want to continue on with this, you know? Like... And in, in a way, I think that's good because I think it drives me even harder and drives mm-hmm. us even harder to make this work, you know, to make this a thing that I'm fucking scared. I'm scared for this to not work because of the repercussions it could have on the people in my life, you know, mm-hmm. um, on like on my son in particular, you know, that like I want him to know that this this does something, you know, this feeling that you're having, you're carrying with you. It's going to fucking take you somewhere, dog. You just have to do it. You know, you just have to keep fucking pushing and it will get there,
1: you know. Yeah, Does that make I mean, sense? I, I know that was real it. heavy. No, I know that was it is, but and I understand it. And it's not that I don't disagree with you, All uh, right. It's not that I disagree with you in principle. It's just I think that there's more to it than just that. I mean, just because you're doing something, anything that anything that's worth doing is not easy, right? Right. And you're not going <clears> to <throat> succeed every time, right? And even if this doesn't work out. You know, you, I mean, it's your job at that point, especially as, as the father and as the, you know, the paternal figure. You need to make your son understand that it's not necessarily whether you win or lose. It's how hard you fight. And if you truly believe in the principles that you're fighting for, it's not whether or not David was able to beat Goliath. It's the fact that David met Goliath on the battlefield. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it as long as it's as it's framed in an honest, objective, you know, on an ob- honest and objective level like that, you could say, you know, we fought this fight, we right. didn't win. Maybe we changed a couple people's minds. Maybe we we'll got a few our people. Life doing this. Yeah, if me and you can each get one person to shift from thinking narratively to thinking objectively, yeah, I, you know, that's one better off individual in the future hopefully yeah you know and that's that i think is what it what's important because it's not so much whether we win or lose at the end it's whether or not we were i don't i don't know how to put it whether we fought justly whether we did you know we did the best we could and went forward and whether or not it worked or or not is kind of in some you know unsubstantial at the end i think you know Yeah, it's a massive plus at the end if we, yeah, it's a massive (laughs) plus. It does work. Yeah. You know, because then you're, you know, you're taking your values and stuff and you're actually putting them on a much higher platform to spread. You can affect, you know, greater change. But at the end of the day, you know, the conversations that we're having, if we can convince two or three other people to have these same types of conversations with people in their lives, yeah, it's going to spread and it's going to keep going and we will have done our job. Yeah. In some fashion We were there at the beginning God Mm -hmm. damn it I love you Cheers Mike. This is exactly why you're here man That's So your analogy Or when you were talking about nihilism and Pessimism Pessimism right Yeah Pessimism Think of a stormy sea and you're swimming on the surface trying to keep your head above water. Yeah. But well, you're not always going to be there. Sometimes a wave is going to come over and wash over you. And yeah. that's – you dive into nihilism before you surface back up. Yeah. And that's the way – it's when you were describing that to me, that's the way I envision it. And I dipped into the the realms of nihilism myself the other day. You know, Caroline and I had a very great conversation at Sushi Place on her birthday the other day. Happy birthday, sweetheart. Um, and – you know, I, I essentially had the same conversation about, you know, what if none of this really matters? You know, and and even if it does matter, what part of my problem, maybe we should save this for the regular show. I didn't notice we're rolling up to almost 40 minutes. <laughs> we just jump right into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll just we'll pick up on nihilism and stuff in the in the regular show. Cause I think that's a really good, gotcha. a good place to start. Clip. Gotcha? Yeah. That's what you call a Sorry, you're going to have to wait till Monday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, (laughs) so with that being said, since since that's what we're going to do. Gotcha. Again, Um, (laughs) I want to thank everyone uh, one last time for joining us. I think this is a fucking great pre-show. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to thank Isaiah again for being here last week. That was a fucking great show. So great. I want to thank the upper left for I want to thank upper left for that fantastic fucking theme song that they write for us every time that if you listen to either the podcast or the pre-show afterwards then you hear it every time. It's fucking amazing. We're going to have those boys back in here soon. So, again, thank you for watching us on our Facebook at Salt of the Streets. You can watch these later on our YouTube at Salt of the Streets. We have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets. We have our personal social medias. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Don on Instagram. He's at Big Bird Offy on both of those things. Find all this on Saltofthestreets.com. Peace the fuck out. Keep going. 22x kindness. Thank you.